Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the first of the Football Ramble World Cup specials in association with history. We've got five of these World Cup specials starting today, where we go way back to 1990 with Cameroon's incredible defeat of world champions Argentina and finish with a look at the time a 23-year-old David Beckham was sent off for that naughty little kick-out at Diego Simeone in 1998. These five World Cup specials are brought to you by History Who, in celebration of the World Cup, are broadcasting 24-7 football documentaries for two weeks starting on 28th of May. You can watch History on Sky Virgin, BT or Talk Talk. My name is, of course, Marcus Beller. I'm joined by Luke Moore, Jim Campbell and Pete Donaldson. Hey, how exciting. It's Mm. World Cup time, gentlemen. It's memory lane time. Yeah, World Cup memory lane. As far as I'm (laughs) concerned, the World Cup, the World Cup gym starts here. Is Mm. there any finer lane than World Cup memory lane? No, there's not. Yeah, no. I, can't rem- I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and for the younger listeners, our memories are better than yours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dep- depending on who you are. That's true. But Cameroon beating Argentina in the opening match of uh, Italia '90 was very much uh, the shock result of, uh, to get that tournament underway. I'd never. I mean, I was only about an there. uncharacteristic understatement from Mark. <laughs> it was, and I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Because this is the first tor- tournament I-, I fully remember. Had you heard of Cameroon? Well, not really, and I think that's, this is this is. Uh, really important to the point I'm going to make, which is that it's very easy to to, to, to forget these days because the world's a lot smaller and we've mm-hmm. got the internet and we've got connection and everyone mm-hmm. knows everything. Back in 1990, the only time realistically you'd see um, players who weren't playing in England, and maybe we'll talk, maybe we'll talk a bit about um, Gazzetta Football Italia when we yep. talk about an Italian-related one of these uh, later in the series, is that a World Cup or a European mm. tournament? And it was impossibly exotic oh, yeah. to be able to watch world champions Argentina from 86 against Cameroon in Italy in oh. the opening game of World Cup 90. Yeah. And it, I remember my heart beating a million miles a minute looking forward to this tournament <laughs> starting at the yeah. age of nine years old. It was fantastic. It was absolutely superb. Cameroon, of course, to give uh, an ounce of uh, background to this, they had been at a World Cup before in 82 where they went out in the first round undefeated. A bit like New Zealand, New Zealand in uh, 2010. Yeah. yeah, yeah, The only undefeated team in 2010, New Zealand. That's right, yeah. They drew one all with Italy in 1982 to Cameroon, who went on to win the tournament. So a bit of a shock result they'd already had under their belts, in a way, but not as much. Not no. anywhere near the same magnitude as this one. Uh, they were the first African team to really make a mark at a World Cup, I think is fair to say. Morocco had reached the second round in 86, and Algeria had beaten West Germany 2-1 at the finals in 1982, but this yeah. was different. It didn't feel... It didn't feel when you look back on it, perhaps the first result, you could maybe be forgiven, but the way that Cameroon went into that tournament, it didn't feel like luck. No. This was no. a good side. <laughs> they, they, and and, and the, the, the complication, <clears throat> if you look back at, I did a bit of research into this looking back uh, over the years, and Cameroon had a bit of a 
problem going into this tournament. And they, they were in disarray. The coach apparently didn't speak any French. Um, his translator apparently was his uh, chauffeur. Yeah, his yeah. chauffeur was the translator. <laughs> so he was I from mean, Russia or Soviet Union at the time. Thomas and Kono came in as the goalkeeper uh, late on. Uh, I think they had a, a bit of a debate over who was going to be the goalkeeper and who wasn't. Some of the players had their own opinions. Mm-hmm. There was a dispute about bonuses, who was going to be paid, were they going to be paid on time and all this stuff. And, and if, you, if, you, if, you, if you take it in that context, going into this opening game, the curtain raiser, Argentina getting the honour of, um, of opening the tournament as the champions in the San Siro uh, against a team who... Really, I mean, you would you would you'd be forgiven for thinking this is going to be a nice pipe opener for Argentina, a nice a nice walk in the park to get mm. themselves into it. Mm. Maradona, who's just won the league with Napoli, mm-hmm. he's going to have a lovely old time. Um, and no, that is yeah. not at all what happened. I mean, also, the background of it is, I think this is you know as you touched on earlier, this is around the last time where it was even sort of possible to have a game like this you can't really have a game like this now there are no teams that are as unknown as Cameroon would absolutely have been. it's just absolutely it, there, right. is, there is not a modern equivalent and, and, if you weren't how do you do research on the opposition yeah, yeah. I mean but the back thing in is, those days e- even then though a lot of those Cameroon players they were playing either in Cameroon or for like French second division teams it yeah. wasn't like yeah. it wasn't like they were Half the, um, in any sense. You're yeah. right, Jim. Half the Cameroon squad were plying their trade in Europe at the time, but I don't <coughs> think any of the outfield players were playing in a top-flight team. I think what no. the, the goalkeeper might have been, but none. Thomas and Kono was probably their best player. Right, he considered one of the best African goalkeepers of all time. But that's in retrospect. Was he was he considered that then? Do you think? I think he was a good player. I forget which side he played well, for. He was at Espanol. That's right. Yeah. yeah okay. So he was he was, but still not a top Spanish side. No. You know, it was a very respectable one. Mm. Um, but but you're right and. Uh, uh, in Argentina, you know, they boasted great names. You know, Diego Maradona, you know, Pompidou, the goalkeeper. Yes, he was replaced by Sergio Goyeneche. Claudio. Claudio. Kanija. Yeah. Um, yeah. Claudio Kanija was actually, was actually very fortunate to have survived the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Based on what happened. Yeah. Um, but it was... Uh, th- th- this match, a lot of people coming into the to, to football around that time or, or watching the World Cup... They would have probably seen Cameron as fodder for the Argentinians in that in that opening game. I mean, Peter Brackley, the commentator, the, the match uh, I watched back. Yeah, says, I watched it back too. Yeah, he says it's not at all as you expect. No, he says, and what an honour bestowed uh, bestowed here on the players of Cameroon sharing centre stage on this opening day with the holders of Argentina. There's your attitude. Wow. There you go. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and and if you look at kind of like the results historically through the World Cup since '66, um, probably first match has um, always been a belter. <laughs> they're always they're always goal of straws. '66 uh, England goal of straw against um, Uruguay. 1970 Mexico drew against the USSR. Um, a goalless. '74 uh, Brazil Yugoslavia all goalless. Uh, West Germany. Poland in 78 goalless because Argentina even though it was in Argentina they played all their matches in the evening and everyone had a real problem with that and right. that's why FIFA changed the rules because yeah, Argentina could, you, always knew back in the day they Pete, were... you could fudge it around <laughs> yeah, remember, remember that famous game where the, the two teams just played out a, a mind numbing yeah, draw because yeah. they knew they were both going to go through yeah, yeah, yeah. that was changed... West Germany and Austria wasn't it yeah that's yeah, one of the great <laughs> things about the World Cup it tells you a lot about football it tells mm. you a lot about um, society how, how the games evolve mm. chiefly because at FIFA they're making up as they go along <laughs> that really bad thing that's happened. You can't do that again. We better change yeah. that. <laughs> that's right. They're using what we call experience-based learning. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Um, well, uh, speaking of uh, that, that kind of, uh, I suppose, uh, feeling of, of chat. Diego Maradona said before the game, or before the tournament, um, that he felt it was a fix that Argentina had been given a tough group, which included a good Romania side and the Soviet Union, who were very good at the time. Not even mention Cameroon there, is yeah, it? Yeah, but he retracted that statement. Otherwise, he could have got himself in trouble with FIFA, of course. But this is Diego Maradona and considered by many the world's greatest player at the time. He, he started doing keep-ups just before mm. the, the, the 
the the whistle blew for to get the game off, underway. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's doing keep ups with his shoulder to the cheers of the crowd. I mean, it was it was incredible. But well, you'll be doing that on the <laughs> other side of your shoulder later. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he certainly would be if his body was still intact. Um, this game, when we go on to talk about the game, it was. I don't want to paint Cameroon out as being these guys who just kicked everyone around and that was all they had in their locker because that wasn't the case at all throughout the tournament and we know they went on to achieve something great. Um, but that was at the front of their locker. Yeah, but they were... <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were... That was very... the first thing they could grab at their yeah. locker. They on the locker, <laughs> it was a picture of their childhood sweetheart on yeah. the in the door yeah. and then kicking was yeah. very much... <laughs> it was front and front centre of... Pete, yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair to say... It this was the sponge off the cake. <laughs> I, I just really, I really want to make this point just, to, just so you know... Because I watched it, obviously I watched it as a kid and you watch the goals back and you know all about it. But when you actually watch a game in retrospect as an adult and you look at all these details, the one of the most indicative things, knowing what transpired, is when teams come out and Diego Maradona is not only wearing shin pads, but he's wearing calf pads as well. That's yeah. mad, you know, isn't I have it? never seen a player do that. Yeah. I know he was one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world, if not the best player of all time. But he must have been used to that sort of treatment. But he even was. so, he's he's putting he's putting something on the back of his leg, which is probably going to make it harder for him to manoeuvre. Do you know what? Yeah. If, if I once rewatched the 1986 World Cup. I say rewatched, I didn't watch it originally. Um, and the treatment he gets by that West German side is ridiculous. It, it, it was very, very viable to just say, there's their best player, kick him about. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it's little wonder the rules change to help protect it's, these players. It's little, it, I mean, it's, it's amazing that players um, thought that they could get away with being a bit flary, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just going to get kicked. If I do a step over, I'm going to get kicked. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically it's, painting a big target on your back, <laughs> aren't well, That's the madness. It, it discourages that type of flair play. Yeah. It really does. But, but you're right, Luke, this Cameroon side, though, they were more than that. They had quality and determination and weren't afraid to use a bit of brute force it's fair to say but but the manager the, the, the Russian manager Valery Nepomniaschi sent out his troops into battle and they were not there to make up the numbers and it no. became very evident when the, the game uh, started you're absolutely right and it's, it's not as I just mentioned briefly earlier this is not a game at all for those who I would recommend you go and watch it it's an iconic game if you get a chance do, do go and watch it I mean if you, if you can't go back and watch it I mean you can go and you can watch you know, the FIFA Films Presents Italian 90, uh, Italian 1990 on, um, on History on the Friday the 1st of June at 7pm but if you do get a chance watch the whole game because if you look at it on paper, you're probably going to think, well, Argentina battered them and Cameroon sucker punched them mm. and Argentina just couldn't score Not the case. and that was it. 53% possession, Cameroon. That's mm. mad. And then they, they finished they, the game with nine men. They finished the game with nine men, 53% possession. They had, I mean, they were they were valued. I wouldn't say necessarily they had all the best chances and all the rest of it, but they were value for this. They were value. They finished the first mm. half on this front foot. I mean, they butchered a couple of Argentina's players. <laughs> But they, but they were value. Yeah. And, and can I also say, Argentina weren't backwards to come oh, forward. No, 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 no. Of course they weren't. This is a side who knew how to deploy a bit of rough and There's a reason the they're called arts. the Angels with Dirty Faces. Damn right they are. <laughs> Damn right. But, but Cameroon were not intimidated by the whole occasion. Now, what you just said there minutes earlier, Luke, about their setup perhaps being a little bit disarray. How do you think they were approaching it, though? Do you think they were thinking, right, anything we get out of this game is a bonus. It's the hardest game. We'll just try and go out there and get I what don't we know, can. I, I think that they had a good feeling. in the I think that they knew they had a bit of quality. Roger Miller coming back mm. of course the, the veteran he was rumoured to be 38 years old at the time he didn't yeah. start the game did he he came on and my goodness that was another thing that, that really was wonderful to see the silky touches and skills of Roger Miller mm. when you have a player like that 
genuinely uh, uh, lovely technique could could keep the ball in mean, their times. You know, normally you bring on, you know, England would bring on not in that tournament, but but in in in, in a tournament a lot later, you bring on like Darius Vassell or something to run around <laughs> a lot. Bring on a thirty-eight year old man to help you see out the game. Yeah. You know, <laughs> his legs haven't been fresh for years. But, well, he, 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 <laughs> but he could hold up the ball and mm. so on. He'd retired from international football three years prior to that. He was that. playing he was, semi-pro. He was living on yeah on reunion island. That's right. Which is uh, and what a reunion it was, Jim. Indeed, hanging out with a young Lauren Robert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I just think that, that you do get golden generations. You do get it sometimes when when the stars realign and so on. And and uh, and and I think as well with Encono in goal, it gives you that platform with his tracksuit bottoms. Mm. You know, nice wearing in the in the Milan I mean, it's, sunshine. It's Milan in July, yeah. June, yeah. June. <laughs> Come on. Um, we should say um, after nine minutes, the first booking occurred. Benjamin Massing going in hard. Wouldn't be the last time he went in no, hard no. during the game. The second booking is the one I want to draw attention to after 23 minutes. In this day and age, and probably should have been back there, but certainly in this day and age, it would have been a straight red card. Because I'll tell you why. Because it was a boot to the upper body of Maradona. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the referee gave him a booking, so he's obviously seen something. It was ridiculous. He's probably thinking... I've heard all about his dangerous left foot, but he's a powerful chester of the ball. Yeah. Let's <laughs> nullify that chest. Let's take that weapon out of his armoury. Let's take his nip off. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But Cameroon, they didn't let Argentina get in their stride. And we're going to talk about what happened in the second half after this. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to the first of our World Cup specials in association with History, where we're looking back at the opening fixture this time of the 1990 World Cup between Cameroon and Argentina. Now, Cameroon, they started the second half as they finished the first. Claudio Canedra had come on for Argentina, a decision that 
well, he personally would regret. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean <laughs> although it wasn't his decision, of course, but uh, you know what I mean. I, I cannot wait to talk about this. <laughs> so just please get the intro out of the way. Okay. Um, do you remember, Marcus, you and I were at Club Wembley once and Kinesia was there. I was oh, yeah. there. Very, I was there too, wasn't I? Or was it me I think, and Jim? I think it was, it was, I think it was yeah. you and Peter. Yeah. We, we were all there, but he was in one part of the stadium and okay. only two of us were there. Yeah. It wasn't me. So there is... We were at the buffet, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I can confirm. If we were going to choose which of the four of us were at the buffet, it was me and Jim, weirdly. So, you know. You were blocking off. <laughs> I can confirm there is still a split right down the middle of him, <laughs> like a sort of like a cracked sapling. Yeah, oh, it's just a light shining out of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I a mean, football sap. Benjamin Massing, <laughs> one of the big defenders for Cameron, he was he, already he, on a booking. He, he sadly died last year. Oh, Benjamin did he? Massing, yeah, oh. fifty-five. No, oh, great shame. But, the, but Marcus... This, this, Left uh, his mark on the World Cup and some Argentinian yeah. players. But this was in the 8th minute. We've got to talk about the goal first. We do have to talk about the goal. Well, Massing mm. uh, was on a booking and at one point blocks Maradona off in a way that a player wouldn't nowadays if they were on a booking. Mm. Yeah. It just goes mm. to show you the different, uh, I suppose, footballing culture in, in one sense or, or playing style at the time. It's only 1990 for crying out mm. loud. Anyway, after an hour, the first red card of the tournament and the game... Uh, Canabeek sent off. Brother of the goal scorer, by the way. Yeah, mm. quite harshly. I think it's an outrageous decision. Yeah. I, th- I think the referee... Honestly... And the referee was some levelling up. I'll tell you, yeah, I'll tell no, you no, a no, bit... No, no, well... I'll tell you something else about this referee a bit later on. Yeah. The French referee, um, I think it's like Vautreau, is it? Yeah, yeah, Michel Vautreau. I think, and this is controversial, but we know the game wasn't as professional in terms of officiating then as it is now. Mm. I think the referee here... It's, it's completely innocuous. For me, it's a dictionary definition yellow. He breaks it. It's a breakaway. He pulls mm. him down. It's on Kinesia. It's on Kinesia, yeah. Is it, I mean, he might not have even meant it. I think the referee was just full up of all the fouling. Yeah. I just thought, you know yeah. what? I'm going to put a marker down here mm-hmm. and say, you know, you've made no attempt to play the ball. I'm fed up of this. You're off. Yeah. I, I think yeah. in isolation, it's an appalling decision. <clears throat> I can sort of understand it, but it's not as bad as the decision in 1994 with Zola, which we'll probably talk about in a later show. But it's up there as a, as a fairly poor decision. Yeah, it didn't work though, did it? No, because they scored six them. minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Well, Beek blew uh, kisses to the crowd as he goes off. Andre, <laughs> Andre Kamabeek gets sent nice. off, blows kisses to the crowd. Yeah. Six minutes later, 10-man Cameroons, his brother, Francis Owen Beek, scores. Leaps <laughs> like a salmon. Oh, you will not like us when we're angry. <laughs> <laughs> the indomitable lions are angry well, now. Well, it was interesting. Before the tournament, FIFA president Joel Havelange said that the referees, if they didn't give red cards when they should, then they'll be sent home. And right. we saw this with there, old... There was a crackdown going into the tournament. There yeah. was. Um, we saw this result with uh, with Uncle Set Blatter, I think, in 1998. After the group stages, I remember vividly everyone saying, what a great job the referees were doing. They were letting the game go. <laughs> they were pulling it back when they needed to. Mm. And Blatter said, this isn't good enough. They need to clamp down a bit more. Yeah. For some reason, because people were saying how well the referees probably did. Poor, wasn't it? Probably. It needed yeah. to say something. And uh, and the refereeing after that. that, yeah, got, um, got a little bit worse. You know, they were a bit more uh, card happy but mm. uh, back to the game Cameroon they go 1-0 up um, it's a great goal oh man it's, but, wow. it's mad it's it, a mad yeah. goal he tamely heads past Pompidou he mistimes his jump <laughs> I know it's hard oh, it's to less fun now next to where he hung in the airfield. it's hard to header a, header a ball coming directly down and it was coming directly yeah. down on his head he mistimes his jump still manages to get a pretty d- decent purchase well, but it is a directly hey, at Pompidou how, how yeah. many weird things have to happen in a row for that to go in the back end <laughs> yeah. it's quite a lot it's yeah. mad isn't it Argentinian defender I think just lets him go yeah. Yeah. It's Sensini, isn't it? Yeah. I think. You just think he's never going to get any power out of that, and he doesn't. But it still goes in. <laughs> well, Pompidou completely fluffs it, of course. It's like the Argentinian defenders probably think, I would have headed that if you were going. Yeah. <laughs> it's the angle that it comes down at Pompidou, isn't it? It's such an odd angle for him to prepare yeah. for. That he just can't Jim, his body it right. was reprehensible, man. <laughs> <laughs> he had, a, stri- I mean, he had a, a tournament to forget, really, Pompidou, because it was that, and then it obviously got injured and he was out mm. of the tournament. Well, Neri Pompidou sounds like a man denying a pump. Yeah. 
there's a, there's a bit I know it, Pompey Dude. <laughs> I know you do it. And I do it again. <laughs> um, the, um, uh, the, the popular misconception about Pompidou is that because of that error, he's dropped for the second game, but he right. isn't. He, no. he starts the second game, but he breaks his leg after That's nine right. or ten Horrible minutes injury. And never, and never plays again in the tournament. Yeah. But when the goal goes in, this I is... I think he faked that broken leg. <laughs> yeah. well, this, this oh, was... no. I broke my leg on the Cameroon chance. <laughs> I've only just realised. That's why. It wasn't my fault. Well, when the goal goes in, this is where Cameroon's rather exuberant goal celebrations were first witnessed by the by the world stage and thoroughly enjoyed. Mm. I'll tell you something now, everyone wants a part of it. <laughs> They've they, all just said, We're, I'm not missing out on this. Yeah. Where I'm coming in. I don't go, care if I'm go. 100 metres away, I'm getting involved. <laughs> the Cameroon celebration at the World Cup, obviously we remember Miller's wiggle, mm, um, but yeah. it's just so joyous. It's blooming marvellous. Anyway, the Cameroon defence, it stood firm against the Argentinian attack, uh, making use of the back pass. Because yeah. the back pass had rule hadn't been brought yeah, in. A lot of that. And can I also say, that's a euphemistic lead, that's a, a euphemistic term to use, they stood firm. Yeah. They stood on every one. <laughs> it firmly. Oh, dear. Now... There's a moment with about 15 minutes to go where Claudio Canigia picks up the ball in his own half and drives, as we know he could do in his yeah, career. He was Wonderful player. For that. Absolutely superb. With those locks, when he went, it was a superb sight. Running down the wing. Now, one defender um, tries to take him down, but Canigia's away. He's gone past him. Then another defender gets a bit of him. I mean, he's intentionally trying to maim him. Even that, though, the bit where he gets a bit of Kinesia. Oh, and that would be players enough. Players now would go down and it's probably oh, a booking. And they should go down yeah. for that. It was absolutely this, terrible. This was like a couple of minutes from the end. It was later than 15 minutes to go. Oh, no, I don't know. It, it was, it was honestly, it was like at the 88th minute or something. Oh, no, right you are. Sorry, yeah. right you are. And, and, and um, Oh no! Sorry, this is another one I'm thinking of. This happened. Well, when, I was so, about to say before that he gets a, he gets assaulted as well. I'm, I'm yeah. get, there's so many, Luke. I'm yeah. getting confused. It's yeah. easily done, all on yeah. Canadian as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like <laughs> trying to dish out speeding tickets for Formula One. <laughs> Maradona's <laughs> taking <laughs> off his uh, pads. Going, I need him. Canadian's <laughs> very much yeah. the sexy target here. Yeah, he's the, taking the heat off. Why man. am I on the tactical board yeah. listed as decoy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's chaff. Canadian's <laughs> chaff. Yeah. The wispiest man in the stadium, let alone on the pitch. I know. Sorry. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Luke. Fifty minutes. He breaks down the wing. One defender gets him, and it's like on his way down, the other one does him as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's really a case of stop him and use whatever means necessary, but, but you've got to stop him. The worst him. one is the Benjamin Massey one. Oh my because goodness. a couple of minutes to go, Kanidja, who usually absolutely loved a dive, yeah. but he realises the stakes are high, <laughs> tries to stay on his feet. Yeah. In a scene reminiscent of William Defoe's character Elias in <laughs> Platoon at the end, where he suddenly just eventually just falls to his knees and drops down. Yeah. Um, and the assaults just keep on coming. That's he right. is absolutely peppered. <laughs> he is hit so hard by Benjamin Mussing, who's already on a booking, yep. right, that um, Mussing gets his own boot cleaved from his foot. Yep. Mm. And to use um, Pete Davis's words, he wrote the fantastic book, uh, All Played Out, which I'd recommend to anyone. Uh, and if you like that, there's a, there's a one night in Turin film of it on History on Tuesday, 29th of May at 6.30pm. Um, Pete Davis says the following words, which I think are amazing. It was kind of a full pelt, waist-high, horizontal flying body check. <laughs> the general intention seemed to be not so much to break Kanidja's legs as to actually separate them from the rest of his body. T- <laughs> Massing gets a second yellow for that. <laughs> I, know, <yeah. laughs> I, th- I didn't even realise Massing... When you watch that clip, it's like, that's Kanidja's foot in that boot. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, still, it's not his boot. It's yeah. his foot, even is, though it's massing shoe. If that happened now, I'd genuinely like be appalled and think, you know, that's an absolute disgrace. Oh, he would probably get an extended ban for that. Yeah. Easy. 
But I think like because it happened back then, and and you just think footballers were made of different stuff, or that was just the way. Sometimes I, you could I think play. if you grew up in that generation as a flair attacking player, you oh, knew yeah. you were going to get targeted. And look what happened to Maradona at Barcelona. Yeah. Um, all these types of players were very used to this. I mean, so, I mean, the the late great Ray Wilkins once said to me. One thing that's never said, he made, I think, if it wasn't his debut, it was one of his earliest appearances for Chelsea against George Best at Man United. Oh, yeah. He said, obviously, everything you say about him is true, brilliant player. Something that's never mentioned about George Best, he was the hardest opponent. He was the toughest man mm. I've played against. Because, he, to be honest, he had to be. Yeah, he wouldn't yeah. last in five minutes in, in the 60s playing for Man United, mm. getting targeted like that from some of those players. So I think a lot of these players, um, I know it's a bit before that, but a lot of these players, generally speaking, they, they know it's part of the game. Yeah. Very much so, very much so. Well, Cameroon won the game 1-0 and then the celebration started. Every person associated with that side on the bench were on the field running around. It was super. Before, just before they win it, um, and I, I'm, I'm anxious for us not to paint Cameroon out to be these physically um, playing on the limit, uh, no quality type team because they weren't that. Well, they 53%, were, but they passed the ball well. They played well, they had chances, they almost scored again towards the end. But just to, just to, just to sort of play a further throw through this like violence theme. I don't know if you guys noticed. Again, one of these things you notice when you watch the game back. About a minute to go, Argentina have a, an attack. Cameroonian player um, gets the ball and he clears it. And the way he clears it is he pelts it into the crowd as hard as he can and it hits a child in the face. <laughs> and that child has to be helped up by his family. Oh, and yeah. the camera lingers on it for way too long. And it's very indicative of sort of how the, it's almost a metaphor for what's happened for the last eight years like, before that. Mm. It's basically almost saying not even the crowd are safe. Yeah, yeah. But with this Cameroon side, they became such a likable team. They're one of my favourite teams of all time. They became the underdogs that many people get behind. Now, we've seen in subsequent World Cups, of course, uh, many underdogs: Bulgaria, Croatia, South Korea, Ghana as well. But but this. How do you think this compares, Marcus? Just because yeah. we, we talked a bit about how the world is smaller and more information is known about opponents these days. Mm-hmm. If we fast forward to 2002, Senegal, France. France are the world champions. They won it at home soil. In similar occasion, how, similar. Yeah, how do, how do you think this compares in terms of the upset level? It's similar, I think. Well, no, I, I think because France had a bit of a disaster that tournament, I think with, with hindsight, you can say that Cameron beating that Argentina side would be a bigger result. Because Argentina, of course, make the final. Exactly, whereas France went out in the first round and they had disaster. But, it, but it's very comparable. But I think this this put Cameroon on the footballing map. But it, not, not just that, it put, if you know what I mean, like unknown sides on the footballing map, if you know what I mean. Incredibly, you know, Gaza admitted when England beat Cameroon in the quarterfinal, and only just... He said, "Oh, we underestimated them." Mm. I think, well, how on earth did you underestimate them? They beat Argentina. You've got, yeah. you've got, you then have, yeah. you have, you know, back in those days, videotapes of them beating other teams. You can watch them. And, and I don't think Gaza's temperament is is such that he would underestimate, like, overestimate anyone. Really. Well, he probably doesn't think about any other. Yeah, opponents, no. yeah. <laughs> more football. Let's play yeah. football. Yeah. Let's play against twelve men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this would have no doubt inspired a generation uh, of particularly African players. I think. And what, and what do you think about this? No West African side had done anything really at World Cups before then. What do you think about this in terms of the panting of... Because we talked a lot about Maradona, obviously, you can't keep him out of the headlines ever, but what do you think... How do you think this... You know, clearly his big his big tournament is 86, or everything mm-hmm. that goes on there, I mean... But this in... was still a big tournament for Maradona. Oh, massively, because it was in Italy, I understand that, but... but he had th- a very eventful tournament. I mean, he, he went on to brilliantly assist Canigia to score mm. the winning goal against Brazil in the second round. That was a great big... ball. I mean, he was kicked about again. You know, he was absolutely... Thr- and you can understand when Maradona 
you know, obviously the comparisons with Messi and Messi scored tons more goals, but Messi's protected <coughs> a lot more. Messi's still hard, you know. You, you watch, they see he still gets kicked about, but it's mm. nothing the treatment Maradona gets. Uh, but I just think the expectation of what people were hoping from him for 1990, because yeah. it was in Italy, because he had just won the title in, in Italy uh-huh. and it was based there. And because of the impact of the hand of, uh, not the hand of God goal, which of course is a whole other story, but the, the second, second goal he scored. I mean, to put it in perspective, Gary Lineker said about Diego Maradona's goal in 86, um, when Diego scored that second goal against us, I felt like applauding and I'd never felt like that before. Not just because it was such an important game, it was impossible to score such a beautiful goal. Mm. He's the greatest player of all time by a long way, a genuine phenomenon. So the expectation of what they wanted from him in 90, Mm. surely that would have been hugely dampened after this first game. It would have been, but like I say, he still picked himself up. He, he, um, him and his fellow countryman Sergio Gorkachev made the all-star team. Yeah. He still had a great tournament, of yeah. course. You know, again, that assist against Brazil, you can't underestimate Under it. such pressure with his right foot um, as well. He had a funny yeah. moment in the penalty shootout against Yugoslavia in the quarterfinal. A remarkable penalty shootout. I would implore anybody to, to find that and watch that again. He missed. But then he took a penalty in Naples against Italy in the semi-final, tucked it away, celebrated like the game was over. They still... <laughs> <laughs> needed to, uh, to do a few bits and pieces, but they did get through. And in the, the final, it was a nice matchup between him and Lothar Mateus, hmm. who would, you know, again, what a player he was. And it was really the last time we saw Maradona perform at his level on the world stage, of course, because then in 1994, he came back, did score a nice yeah, goal. It was I think a performance it, of sorts. Indeed, yeah. Scored yeah. against Greece, I think it was, but then later banned, thrown out the tournament for testing mm. positive for, for a banned substance or two. Ephedra, I think it was. But, yeah, but when you talk about Maradona, you have to talk about the good and the bad, don't you? I mean, in 1982 World Cup, he made his mark. He played very well. He got sent off, again, getting treatment from Brazil, and he reacted. You mentioned 86 and so on. In and 78, of course, he was less left out as a 17-year-old from an Argentinian World Cup on home soil yeah, as well. Fuming so. about it as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. But sadly, you know, in 94, he let himself in his team down, you know. It's, Go on, Jim. I was going to say, it's actually very <coughs> interesting if you read what Maradona said after the Cameroon game, because, you know, we know what a volatile character he is and, and how sort of emotionally led he is, but his words are actually, um, I don't think they had any intentions of beating us up to win the game. I cannot argue and I cannot make excuses. If Cameroon won, it was because they were the best side. Yeah, and that's go. the most biased Argentinian on the planet. And, <laughs> and, I, and, I think and there's should, a fair few of them. <laughs> we, should, we, should, we should reserve the final word for Cameroon in their celebrations as well after the tournament. But just before we do that, you mentioned that uh, um, apparently shootout later in the tournament and earlier on I mentioned the referee, Michel Fortreau. <clears throat> he, got, he made some questionable decisions in that game. And, and I think we, we all agree on that. But he got in trouble later in the tournament. Check this out. For adding eight minutes of added time in the first half of extra time in the semi-final between Italy and Argentina because he later admitted he forgot to check his watch. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I'm just enjoying the game, lads. Oh, excuse me. It's a great game. Absolutely... Eight minutes on a 15-minute half. The players must have been... Why didn't one of the players ask him? Yeah. I'm knackered here. What's happening? Because none of them want to. Yeah. They look like they're not committed. Yeah. If I asked you to sort of like mark out 15 minutes, like just sit here in silence 15 minutes, I mean, it would be wonderful. But also... Be about like, 20 seconds. You'd probably, yeah. be able, you'd probably be able to get in the ball Park, probably closer yeah. than eight minutes, I reckon. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I think that um, the last word should go to Cameroon. Yeah. Um, Francis Oman Biek, uh, he's obviously the goal scorer. His, his, um, his comments were quite revealing. And I wonder if this was the first time that African football was taken properly seriously, as you said earlier, Marcus. Um, Oman Biek said, We hate it when European reporters ask us if we eat monkeys and have a witch doctor. We are real football players and we prove this tonight. Um, and yeah, there was apparently a national holiday in Cameroon when they went home after the tournament. They gave England a massive scare, as we know. Uh, and Oman Biek said that when the plane came into land, 
in Douala, I think it was. Um, it had to pull up and go around again as there were people celebrating literally on the run. Amazing. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. They again, did... again, different airports back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, pre-September they... 11th. They were a joy. They were an absolute joy. Yeah. Um, they were... And what a game. What are the, what a, one of the great opening games to a tournament. And when a, and when a game goes like that, the tournament is almost blown wide open. Yeah. Mm. You say, but, uh, teams will look around. Because you'll think, start thinking, England, England can win this thing. Yeah. <laughs> because I'll tell you something now, if Cameron could beat Argentina, we can definitely labour to a, a last-minute winner against Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> exactly there we are ladies and gentlemen that was the first of the Football Ramble World Cup specials in association with history we've got five of these World Cup specials including this one of course and we shall be finishing with a look at the time a 23 year old David Beckham was sent off for that naughty little kick out at Diego Simeone in 1998 these five World Cup specials are brought to you by history who in celebration of the World Cup are broadcasting 24-7 football documentaries for two weeks starting on the 28th of May you can watch history on Sky Virgin BT or Talk Talk. And don't forget to check out Bring Me the Head of Diego Maradona, Friday the 1st of June at 9pm on History, to hear more about the great man himself. Certainly. And hear Peter Reid, God, I just couldn't catch him. <laughs> yeah, I, just, <laughs> I just couldn't I'm catch him. The, the famous Luke Moore five-a-side refrain, he was just too quick for me. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> there we are. See you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.